right. Welcome, everybody. It is. Oh, we got some noise. I'm going to mute everybody up here. All right. It's Thursday night. It is eight o'clock. At least it is in the central time zone, which let's face it, that's the only time zone that matters. Uh, so it must be time for another uh, another episode of the Get Off My Lawn podcast. So uh, welcome, everybody. We are very, very happy to have you with us all tonight. Um, couple things that we're going to go through here real quick. Uh, get a couple of things. We'll get the ticker going up there on the screen. So uh, we'll let the notifications go out, give people a chance to, to get filtered in here to the to the comments. But uh, if you're out there watching live, please drop those comments. We want to know that you're out there, what you have to say. We want to we want to know where you're reporting in from too, where you're watching from, because I'd like to see how far of a reach we actually have here. So uh, feel free to to drop in the comments where you're watching from as you uh, as you go along here. And I tell you what, even if you're not watching live and you're watching this on the replay, go ahead and just make a comment. Let us know what you think and let us know uh, where you are so we can kind of keep a little bit of track of that. Um, if you uh, if you really like what we do or you really hate what we do, but you want to share it with somebody so you can both make fun of us, that's fine. Go ahead and hit that share button, hit the thumbs up, let YouTube know or Facebook know that you care about the things that we're doing here. Um, and real quick, I just want to mention we are a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network, so you can check out uh, this show and a whole lot of other great shows that are out there. Um, as far as freedom and the second amendment and gun rights and and all that good stuff goes they're all they're all in one place and you can find them all at sdrn.us that is sierra delta romeo november dot uniform sierra uh, and it is on the screen if you are watching so uh i found out recently that now i can put the videos up as well even on spotify so you may be watching this not live but you may be watching this on spotify so uh, make sure you tune in Thursdays at 8 Central so that you can catch us live. Just not on Spotify. You have to go to YouTube or Facebook to find us. But you can find us under Sandhills Media in both places. So, all right, let's pop that down off the screen. We'll stop that ticker for now. Um, all right, we're going to bring everybody up on the screen here real quick. There's everybody. And uh, we're going to introduce our guest tonight. We've got kind of a smaller panel one of the things that I want to do is just do smaller panels moving forward, or at least give this a whirl. Sometimes when we've got enough people to actually have the whole Brady Bunch plus Alice, then it gets a little confusing trying to keep track of who's speaking, who's not, um, what's going on. And so with with three or four faces, I think it'll be a little easier to to uh, to watch all this. And the other thing that may not happen is when we have our sponsor's logo up in the top right corner of the screen, uh, which is traditionally where Patrick seems to sit on our panel now is the top right corner. And so uh, we had some confusion last time he was here. Is he the gun food or is he open country firearms? Who was our sponsor that week? So uh, yeah, that, that picture, no matter where I put people um, stays right up there in the top corner. So uh, we're going to introduce our panel real quick. And you guys, just so you notice, um, I did mute everybody. So as you come through, you'll have to come off mute. But Patrick, we're going to start with you. How are you tonight, sir? I'm excellent, John. How you guys doing? We're all doing great. Loving the DC Project t-shirt. It isn't just for the ladies to support. 
So, uh, yeah, we need more education, not more legislation. And if you don't know what the DC project is, then you need to go check it out. I think it is what dcproject.org, isn't it? I don't remember the exact website, but Google DC project. And uh, if you see Teal, then you're, you'll know you're in the right place. Um, it's a great movement. Uh, reps from all 50 states, all females who go to Washington and actually talk to the, the Congress critters and the senators. So cool shirt, like it. Uh, yeah, it's not just for the ladies. Although to be a member, I think you have to be a lady, but it's, it's not just for ladies to support. That's what I should say. So, uh, so Patrick is uh, known for the gun food, which is a website where if you have a gun and you need to feed it, then uh, chances are, uh, he's at least if it's a defensive firearm, then uh, Patrick's going to have something to, uh, to send you and, and help you feed that hungry firearm. Absolutely, absolutely. Cool. And the website's up and running now. It's up and running. I'm, I, it's been up and running for about a, well, let's see, we did this last, what, two weeks ago? So, uh, no, about three weeks ago. Yeah, it's been, yeah, three, four weeks ago since you were here. Yeah, yeah. So I got it running shortly after on that weekend, and uh, it's back up and running. We are busy. Um, lots of, uh, especially after last night's little fiasco, um, <laughs> uh, we're, we're busy. <laughs> Good. For sure. Good, good deal. All right. Well, glad to have you with us and uh, and uh, can't wait to, to hear your thoughts on some of this stuff. All right. We're going to move down to the uh, the lower right hand corner of the screen. We've got Dan Wass, who is uh, author of the Good Gun, Bad Guy book series. There are now three of those. Um, and Dan does a lot of uh, writing for different publications, different websites. And you also have a couple show. What you have the, the Loaded Mike podcast. And are you doing anything else as far as as far as uh, podcasts and, and that kind of stuff, Dan? You're you're all over well, the place. Uh, well, we do the Loaded Mike show, which is a lot of fun. It's uh, heavily based in Second Amendment stuff, uh, but we also get into the topics of the day, uh, political stuff. It's just a, a complete. It's just a blast. We have so much fun on that show. We have a lot of cool segments and stuff. Uh, LoadedMike.com, and uh, I, I I write the Good Gun Bad Guy book series three books now uh, published and working on the fourth one. I write on a regular basis for ammo land. And I also write for a bunch of other publications like uh, daily caller and I've written for Western journal and truth about guns and just a whole bunch of different, um, you know, gun rights uh, publications. So, um, and then do speaking events all over the country and do tons of radio and, and uh, TV media hits and stuff too on uh, second amendment um, advocacy. So a lot, of, cool. lot of stuff going on. There are some people who are great at writing and not the best at talking. There are some of us that are really good at talking, not the best at writing. And then there's guys like Dan who seem to uh, do well at both. So you're kind of one of those, those all around uh, athletes that can handle any sport. Well, well thank you. Thank <laughs> you. All it all happened all accidental, by the way, just to, organically it, it all just kind of falls into place so I, I just got i guess i'm getting lucky isn't that the best way though i mean then yeah. you know it's real so pretty cool all right dan thanks for being with us tonight and then we will move over to everybody's favorite tactical teacher the uh the one the only travis p11 i don't know i'm not a, i'm not a uh, you know two-way content you know triathlete like dan over there but i'm trying man i'm trying so uh, and Patrick too, man. I can't keep up with these guys. No, I appreciate the invite. I'm, I'm excited to be here. It's going to be a good show. And 
looking forward to being part of the panel as always and, and it should be a good time Heck um, yeah. otherwise just check out my channel travis b11 over on youtube and just search for that you'll find me all over the place so thanks a lot man you betcha all right so before we dig in i do want to uh let's see let me get this up here i do want to mention tonight's uh episode is brought to you or yeah brought to you by decoding firearms an easy to read guide on general gun safety and use uh, and that was written by our friend john petrolino who is a very cool guy i need to get him back in here but he's a busy guy too so uh, we need to get him back on the panel Decoding Firearms is a comprehensive guide to aid new shooters and veterans alike to get up to speed on the safe use of guns. With over 115 illustrations and 266 pages of content, this book is very comprehensive. If you're interested in learning more about Decoding Firearms, you can visit johnpetrolino.com slash decoding-firearms or just go to johnpetrolino.com and uh, then you'll find the links for it. Decoding Firearms is available for sale on Amazon as a paperback or a full-color Kindle version. So if you uh, if you get the paperback, the pictures are black and white. If you want color pictures, you've got to get it on Kindle. Be sure to pick up a few copies for your friends and family members that want to get into the shooting world. Decoding Firearms, get yours today. And you can't really see it, but I keep a copy right here too. So if you uh, know a little bit about firearms and you want to know more, if you know nothing about firearms and you want to know a little bit, then uh, it's a great place to start because John starts with the basics and and then works up from there. And it's a, what I like about it is obviously I knew a little bit about firearms before I ever read it, but I read the thing cover to cover because the info is good. It's solid. And if you, don't know anything about guns but you start reading that and you get the the basics the mechanics things like that then it kind of takes all the mystery out and so um which is the whole point of of why he wrote the book so um then you get a little curious and you're like well maybe now that i understand a little bit more maybe i should look into this whole firearm thing so many of my friends and family are getting into this and uh, i don't really want to be the the only one out if it hits the fans so that's i think uh I think it's a great place to start. So, all right, let's kind of jump into stuff a little bit here. And tonight, I just want to talk about uh, some of the stuff that's been happening uh, around the world, around our country, not necessarily just lately. I've been hearing about some of this for, for quite some time. Um, but uh, we hear people now who want to say that speech, that words can equate to literal violence so if you said something and verbally assaulted me then i should be able to have you arrested for that assault you've been violent against me without even raising a hand and uh so we'll get into some of this other these other things that are that are in our notes here as we go along but i want to start with just this concept um and my first thought is, you know, if speech is violence, and if that were true, then when actual violence does occur, why aren't we just calling in counselors and, and having them slap people across the face with stern, harsh words or using the wrong pronouns on them or something like that, that is, you know, considered to be violent. Uh, why doesn't that stop these these violent criminals from attacking 
uh, how's come I can't stop them with words? If speech was that violent, then it, it would be a solution, would it not? You guys, I mean, have, have you guys been around any of the, the in your own lives, at least not just watching headlines, but have you been around the actual speech equals violence um, debate yet? Well, I, I don't know if I have actually been in a debate in, about this, but it's so ridiculous. Just the idea that we're that we have to talk yes. about it is so funny because, you know, this comes from this comes from adults who are still living in their childhood where, you know, uh, yeah. they get offended. You know, used to get kids would get offended if you called them a name or something. The kids call each other names. And that's where the whole sticks and stones can break your bones, but names can never hurt you came from. It's because it's so it's such a ridiculous notion that that you that saying things to people, it, it, you know, hurts them in some way. It's if you can't control your own emotions, then you're, you're, you're acting like a child. I don't think we should ever in any way accommodate these people. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And uh, the more we accommodate them, the worse this monster gets this monster of wokeism or or cancel culture, whatever you want to call it, this, this, this leftism ideology, the more we accommodate it, the bigger it gets. So I say, um, you know, I, I'm not afraid to insult them, to tell you the truth. I think they, they need to, uh, they need to uh, be a little more calloused with this stuff. They need to be a little more conditioned to handle it. Um, because they're not children. These are adults we're talking about. So that's my overall opinion. I'm sure we're going to get into some more of the intricacies of it and the details, <laughs> but that's how I feel right off the right off the bat. Well, and and I pretty much feel the same way that you do. And it's funny because um, well, several months ago now, I, I found a, an older video floating through Facebook um, of a, a speech. I think it was part of a. I'm not sure if it was a commencement address or, or what kind of address it was, but it was uh, some college in England. It was Rowan Atkinson. For those of you that don't know that name, Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean. Uh, or the the bird on the Lion King, the the real one, not the new one. Um, the the bird that was supposed to be the whatever, looking after the little Simba. Um, same guy. So, um, so, yeah, Mr. Bean, Rowan Atkinson, very, very smart man and I, I really liked what he said I, I clipped out part of his his address and um and posted it on on my facebook page and i and i'm not going to remember exactly what he said or how he said it but but the gist of it was he was talking about um speech and if if certain speech should be banned offensive speech things like that uh now offensive speech is, may or may not be considered violent depends again on on who's hearing it but um so basically what he said was, and this is the part that I took away, is his his solution to respond with, with offensive speech is more speech, not less. Don't pass laws that restrict speech. We need to have, have freer speech and allow more of it because the only way that you can uh, develop a resistance to something, and, and he likened it to your, your immune system, the only diseases or or pathogens to which you can develop a resistance are those to which you are exposed right so there's no way to to even build up a, a resistance to offensive speech without being exposed to it the same way that you can't develop a resistance to polio or smallpox or chickenpox or anything like that without an inoculation 
as well. Uh, a form of that has to be introduced to your body to learn how to fight it off. With speech, a form of it has to be introduced to your mind in order to learn how to either fight that off or at the very least deal with it in a in an adult way. And Dan, I think you hit it on the head. We've got too many people that haven't been forced to grow up and have been allowed to remain children. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that is, you know, over the <clears throat> generations, you know, you think back a hundred years and uh, in, in my part of the world, a hundred years ago, it was starting to pretty well get settled here in Nebraska, but there were big parts of Nebraska that weren't very settled yet. And, you know, growing up out in the sand hills, a, a young person had to grow up fast. You had responsibilities, chores, things like that from the time that you were old enough to, to carry a bucket of water or old enough to carry, a, you know, a, an apron full of eggs or whatever it was, you know, and by the time a, a kid was through the eighth grade, if there was a school to go to, it typically was eighth grade and that was it. There was no high school. There was no college available. And uh, so and then it was time to go to work. Right. You were 14 years old, 13, 14 years old. You, it's you're almost grown. It's time to, to start working and and do something with your life at that point, which can you imagine now telling a 14 year old that they need to start making their way in the world? Can you imagine the average 24 year old being told that they have to make their way in the world without help? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's just nuts. Right. So, so no, you, you hit it on the head uh, because as society progresses and develops, you know, and, and technology develops, things get easier and the the easier things get, the the less we have to work, the the less we have to mature to get through our days too. So um, I want to, I want to say something. So, yeah. okay. And this is just me thinking of as like an educator here. Um, and I'm not making excuses for raising kids softly. I'm not making excuses for kids that can't just walk away, but as parents or as adults or as people bringing children into this world, do we need to change the way that we educate our kids to handle the types of words they have to deal with. I'm thinking social media, because you and I, we didn't have to deal with somebody posting a depanting of us video on Facebook for the world to see. Is there something different parents need to be doing now so that the kids can handle this type of this type of saturation they're going to deal with, where it's not just the class laughing at you. Now it's a TikTok video that people in Europe get to see. You've got millions of people thumbing you down and calling you a loser. I think psychologically, kids need to we got to do something with them. Otherwise, if we just say, you know, sticks and stones can break my bones, that's fine. But I'm wondering myself is like a 10 or 11 year old. If some of the stuff that happened to me when I was in high school got posted online, videos got circulated. That's a whole different kind of psychological burden. I'm not making excuses by saying, well, they can just walk away. They can just be strong. They could because kids, they're human beings, man. They react. And well, so right. I'm, just, I'm just saying, do we need to do something different? so that we don't have the issues. And I'm not saying make cyberbullying programs or make education, whatever. I'm just saying, I'm just saying you're thinking, do we need to do something different? Because to say, well, just walk away. Well, that's one thing to say, but we didn't have to just, we could just do that when we were younger. But now it's a whole different kind of ball game when you deal with the social media. So. Well, there's there's a whole lot to unpack with that, honestly. Yeah. Um, because if the short answer, yeah. Parents do need to, to do things differently, right? But that's not even a, that's not a simple answer right there because how many kids in your classes alone don't have parents at home, especially don't have both parents at home to raise those kids? Well, what's our national divorce rate? 50%. Let's just say one out of every two may or may not have two parents right. at and, home and at any given time. 
I mean, with legal adults, you know, without, there's even less in certain communities where you've sure. got kids living with extended family. And I just so look at this just, panel. I don't, I don't know about Patrick or Dan, but I know that the, the two of us have been through divorce and I've been through it more than one time. So yeah, heck yeah. I mean, it's even with our kind of seeing the fallout of the saturation of the exposure to social media with kids not being raised to know how to fight back appropriately or respond or just cope. Or you yeah, know, I'm kind of I think it's coping. I mean, that, you know, the fighting back. We could have a whole, probably a whole night's worth of discussion just on that part. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, so as you were saying that, and the ability to, to deal with words and and deal with bullying and things like that. You know, I I've been especially now that that I am recently certified as an instructor. I think about this a lot, and when it comes to teaching you know de-escalation techniques and things like that even just the the notion that you know okay you have the the we again i'm not going to argue tonight about whether the right should be granted with or without a permit but you are in the eyes of the state legal to carry a concealed firearm in in your given state with or without a permit doesn't matter so just the fact that you know somebody cut you off in traffic you you have to remember that you know, if, if you tailgate them, you cut them off, something like that, you escalate a situation, you become an aggressor, then later on, you may not be able to claim self-defense if you have to use your firearm, right? I mean, these are things that, that firearm owners and, and concealed carriers have to think about now, too. So if we take away the, the notion of the concealed carry part of it or take the, the firearm owners out of the equation and just go to society in general how many people even think about de-escalation techniques at this point how many people think about you know learning how to just let something go the um you know i mean i grew up a fat kid nothing's changed since then but i i've i've never been a skinny person uh you know i got my share of things said to me too when i was when i was a kid eventually you learn how to make jokes or whatever you deal with it right because i've never been a fighter um but I mean, some kids just turn to throwing a punch. That's their that's their first instinct, right? I mean, that's what happens. Eventually, you've got to learn though how to how to deal with stuff. So if if they're not learning this now as kids, then what kind of future does society really even even have? Because I mean, even just you know looking around at firearms classes and things like that, I mean. The de-escalation, there are so many light bulbs that you see go on in, in a given class when it just comes to, oh my gosh, I never thought about that. I, I can't flip people off you know, in, from the car anymore. Uh, well, I mean, you shouldn't. You, you really should learn how to be a little more, a little more passive there. Um, so, and these are people that maybe are what I would consider well-adjusted. These aren't you know, the, the quote-unquote snowflakes. So if, if that's the case with, with the if there's a such a thing that the normal people then you know the the folks that never never learned how to grow up and be responsible for themselves how much harder is this going to be for them to to wrap their head around that concept so you just made me think about a whole bunch of stuff in addition to what you said with with all of that well, then it gets to a point where speech equates violence in a school setting or speech gets to a point where speech is now violence on a daily level and you can't say something without having right. to worry about being arrested for verbal assault because he told somebody to 
move over. You know, it's like it gets to a point where it's so ridiculous. That's what scares me is we're 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 losing that that hardness to that point that it's just you say something and don't even realize it and you've created some sort of violence or some sort of a violent situation and all you did was say something very basic, you know. I don't know. That's just kind of where I see it going. So no, Here, that's... just a little thought process here. I um I've always been under the mindset of uh, the freedom of speech does not come without the without the freedom of consequence. Okay? I agree. And 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 like you're saying, we we should at some point in time it's going to escalate to a point where action will be taken. Right? It's not always going to be receptive per se, uh, or received well per se. Um, but uh, you you know, I'm from a suburb of Boston called Quincy. Uh, it's named after actually the sixth president of the United States, John Quincy Adams. And by the time he was 14 years old, he he was uh, well versed in six languages, and he was technically our first uh, uh, ambassador, international ambassador, uh, as a 14 year old kid. Um, you know, he had other political folks with him, but he went to St. Petersburg in Russia to 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 basically translate documents so that we can develop relationships with that country. Um, I don't see a 14 year old doing that nowadays. I right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, and I think a lot of it has to deal with the way that we educate our kids and and, and the way we grow up, because, I mean, eventually a kid's going to be an adult and they, they're products of their offspring, you know, of their parents. So, um, and yeah, you're right. It is getting soft. <laughs> is is some of that cultural? And when I say cultural, I mean just the United States in general versus the rest of the world, because because I think about some of the Far Eastern countries and the the things that the, those students in schools, you know, that's expected of them and demanded of, of their students versus what is not demanded at all of of American students. And then I, you know, I see the the discipline that some of the kids in, in those other cultures learn at an early age, the the uh, respect for authority. Uh, in fact, in, in those cultures, questioning authority is heresy. I mean, it just doesn't happen, right? And so it, or, or not, not by the masses. So, I mean, I'm not saying that that's the way to go. I'm just saying that, you know, they're, they're definitely, I think culture and society play a huge part in, in some of what's going on here with, with people not necessarily having to, having to grow up. Um, so having said all that now, if we, if we come back to the speech being violence thing, Here's another thing that I see happening, because as we entertain and and give credence to the notion that that words can be actual violence. So now we see things happening where we've got, uh, you know, whether it's a, a protest in the street or just somebody speaking up in the lunchroom at school or whatever it is, we've got instances now where somebody says something mean very offensive hurtful rude um you know they they might call somebody a name it, it doesn't matter what it is but but that you know the the receiver of that comment gets offended you know well he called me a fill in the blank so because he was violent toward me i now feel justified in literally punching him in the face 
and we see that now or not all the time but i i've read multiple articles of instances where you know violence was escalated or or punches were thrown because of words that were said and the person who threw the punch of course finds themselves in in trouble right they're they're in the principal's office or whatever it is and they feel completely morally and 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 socially wronged um because well he started it he was violent first why am i the one getting in trouble when i defended myself you know i I think go ahead go ahead i don't want to interrupt you no go ahead i was I think when we're talking about this stuff, we, we might want to differentiate the difference or, you know, separate adults from children, because when adults do this type of behavior, it's it, it's un, it's kind of unacceptable because, you know, adults should be able to con- control themselves. I would think, you know, you're not going to go punch somebody out if they say something mean to you, if you're an adult, you usually, I'd like to think we as adults have a little more common sense where we can, we can control ourselves. However, you know, and I somebody brought up the school, the school lunchroom. When you're kids, I remember it distinctively. If you, if you got, if you got on someone's nerves and you, and you annoyed them or you said something mean to them, or you really offended them, you might get a bloody nose because that's the way it was handled back then. That's the way kids handle this type of stuff. I think what right. the problem in our society is that we've taken those childish behaviors and lack of self-control and we carried them into our adulthood, which is where we have the problem. And, I, and that's, yeah, you said it better. That That's actually where I was, the point I was trying to get to is, and you're right. And then it goes back to what Patrick said. I mean, you have freedom of speech. You don't have freedom from consequences. Right, right. And as a kid, we learned that, right? I mean, teachable moment, right? Well, you know, he called me a duty head, right? And he, he used words. You used actual literal violence, and literal violence is not the right way to, to deal with words. Now, there we all have a breaking point, right, where we can't, we can't handle anymore, right? So we make that wrong decision. Everybody's going to get to that point. I'm sure even... Gandhi had that point. It's just nobody ever got him there. But I mean, I'm just saying that, you know, there there are circumstances where, you know, we're all possibly or I should say potentially going to fall into that trap. But we have to teach the children at a young age. Somebody calls you a name. You don't hit them. You have that. And that's the first teachable moment, right? That's where we start to learn as human beings. And as social human beings, we start to learn what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, what is a, a healthy way to deal, and what's an unhealthy way to deal. And and it can't just be the teachers in the schools. It can't just be the the uh, the people in, in the daycares. It it has to be the parents. Yeah. And I I'm not going to sit here and and say that there are no good parents. I know there are, but we also see a, a trend of fewer. Um, fewer role models in the home or fewer two parent households, or if it's a one parent household, then, you know, the, the other gender, uh, may or may not, there may or may not be a role model, um, you know, of, of both genders in, in the family or, or in the area. And I don't know the numbers, but, uh, but I would venture a guess that if we, if we searched out the statistics, the, uh, 
the young people that have a tendency to get into trouble, more of them are going to come from a home where they don't have good role models than the homes where they, they do have them. And, and that might not mean that there isn't a mom and a dad in the house because mom and or dad may not be engaged with the family. So you can have, you know, the person being there in the house, taking up space and still not be a role model, still not, not raise the child, still not teach them the things that they need to know in order to, to become a functioning adult in society. Right. So, so I'm not trying to to say that, you know, if, if you came out of a house that didn't have two parents that, that you're, you know, you're, you're bad or something like that. And, and I'm not trying to, to say that those are bad households. I'm just saying that, you know, if we look at statistics, we're going to see that there are fewer young kids getting into trouble when they come from a house where they've got people that, that are there, that are engaged with them, that, that they know are there for them. Right. I mean, that's a huge thing. Um, so if we, if we roll back into the, the speech being violent part, yeah, then Dan, what you said, that's something that, uh, well, and Travis too, what you said, that's part of what needs to be done and, and used to, um, wow. I'm glad we've got people out there with the band hammers. Um, because yeah, we don't need people like that. I hope that's a bot and that's not somebody's actual screen name. If you saw that, I'm sorry. Those of you that took them out, thank you. That's why we've got mods in the chat, guys. Um, if you're, if you're on Facebook, you have no idea what I'm talking about, and that's a good thing. Um, all right. So anyway, I forgot completely where I was going there. We we need to we need to teach people at a young age to um, to to learn how to deal because yeah, we're getting now we're getting people that, that are getting into their adult years that were never taught the sticks and sticks and stones theory. And, and that is something that, I mean, we have to, um, we have to make sure that, you know, that our future adults know how to adult, um, defense dad, defense dad's not here with us tonight because he's under the weather. He is out there in the chat. Um, and he said, mom and dad don't have to be in the same house. The mom and dad do have to be engaged in the kid's life. So yeah, that's what I'm trying to say is, is they need to, to know that, that there's somebody that, that cares about them, that loves them, that is there for them. And some kids unfortunately have mom and dad both in the house and still don't get that. And so that's, that's sad too. Um, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that having mom and dad in the house means no problems. And yeah, I know you definitely need a positive role model. Uh, you do. Uh, it, 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 minimum, at least one. Um, someone that you can always believe in or someone that always believes in you as you grow up as a kid. So it's it's sad, but it's true. Right. Um, so there, here's, here's a loaded question, Patrick. Um, I don't know how it was for you growing up, but anybody ever say mean things to you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, um, I was a very large kid, um, both in height and in weight mass. I, I think uh, I tried out for football when I was in like the fourth grade. And I was 189. Um, I remember I outweighed the, the I was you too? football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was hitting the double century club when I was in middle school, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Nice. Nice. I got you know what I'm talking time. about. <laughs> it didn't happen. Oh, it happened. 
No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So there were definitely words exchanged and people that thought they were tough. And, you know, I had to handle them in ways that I needed to handle them. Of course, some of it did involve physical. <laughs> Not going to lie there. You know, I've had my share of beat ups and beat downs. Let's just say it like that. There you go. Um, but, you know, all in all, you, you learn how to cope with all of the uh, the words because, again, words are just words. It's your reaction. And some of the times that's what those words are drawn to do is to create a reaction out of somebody. Yeah. Um, however, if you know how to cope with it, if you know how to deal with it, um, especially that's really what we're talking about here is how do young folks cope with it? and handle it and you're right we are diluting our society when it comes to how to handle it nowadays because all you got to do is click ban or you know report and next thing you know you're you're shut down right you know we're, we're about five steps away from being avatars and this fake land of uh meta world and stuff but <laughs> so so now i have on good authority from somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody whose sister's college roommate's cousin knows these things and he's saying out there in the chat that you're a bully. <laughs> and you're kicking on Rick Ector about his grits. So I just, I want to know, I want you to know that words may not be violent, but they can hurt Patrick. <laughs> well, you see, I'm, to make grits? I'm a diabetic and he takes his grits with sugar. Which is oh, you, you sacrilege for me. I mean, you guys are from the Midwest. What, uh, what do you, how do you take your grits? Well, Butter, I, salt, usually, let, but, let uh, me, okay, I'll tell you that. What what what's a grit? What's a yeah, what grit? <laughs> I like cream of wheat, but a little bit thicker. Yeah. No, I, I have. Uh, day, you know? No, I mean we we've got our own touch of the South here in Nebraska. We've got Cracker Barrel restaurants, right? So so I've been <laughs> I've been served grits, but I just by the time I got to the grits, they were cold because I I ate everything else first, and and then I just didn't eat my grits. So. Um, the only thing I know about grits is that Flo used to tell people to kiss them. <laughs> well, they're more than just a plate garnish. All right? oh, okay. You, you can't actually eat them. <laughs> and they're made from corn. I mean, come on. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, we feed that to our cattle. We don't actually consume that. But that's okay. Oh, that's okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I've had great grits. The only time I get good grits is when I go down to Texas. It's usually a side dish on the meals that I order so with biscuits. and. Oh, yeah. 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 Up here, you, I don't even know if you can find them in the store. You have to look around. So instant grits? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I've yeah. seen grits in a store in, in, in my town. I will do a tabletop review on grits. You're gonna, I bet in Lincoln you can find them. There's, there's got to be some around. southern folks in Lincoln. I think Quaker somewhere. makes instant grits. I might see if I can get a recipe on something. If not, they're ordering them in off of Amazon or something. Yeah, so. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're going to switch gears here, but before we do – any other thoughts as far as, as speech actually being violent? I mean, I know the general consensus of the panel I knew before we started. The general consensus of this panel is going to be that, no, speech isn't violent. There's a distinctive difference between actual violence and and speech. Even even violent speech is, I mean, as long as, as, long as you're not actually um, convincing people to become violent, then yeah, I mean speech speech well, can't be violent. Speech needs to be protected. The only way to fight bad speech is with more speech, not less. The um, actual definition of violence is is a behavior, but it's a physical behavior. Physical. Yeah. So I don't even think speech could even 
in in the world of reality even qualify as violence? I mean, technically, even as definition wise, it doesn't. Well, and, and I'm really curious too because I'm aware that inciting violence is considered a crime. I mean, you you again, freedom of speech, but not freedom from from responsibility for your speech. And if you incite people to violence, then you can be held responsible for that violence, right? Like, um, you know, the the one that I always hear, and it makes me cringe so bad, is you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Well, that's the same as saying when the Second Amendment was written, you couldn't buy a cannon. Well, yes, many private owners of ships and, and, and homes had cannons back then. Um, and you can yell fire in a crowded theater today as, as long as there really is a fire and you're letting people know that the place is burning, then it's not illegal to yell fire in a crowded theater. But if you yell fire in a crowded theater and there isn't one and you create panic and people get hurt, then yeah, I can understand how that could be on you. If you, if you, uh, and now I want to know honestly, and we don't have an attorney here present, but if, uh, if, if somebody is inciting violence and you're whipping up a mob, I mean, I still want to know how much of that's on the, the guy that's that's yelling in the you know the microphone the bullhorn or whatever and how much of that's on the idiots that listen i mean well wasn't know, there I, a case wasn't there a case where a girl encouraged her boyfriend or whatever to kill himself and he actually killed himself and was she held accountable i don't i don't know and i don't know that she should have been tell you the truth it was his action but I think, to me, there seems to be a very distinct line between uh, verbal and physical, and I don't. I think we're 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 treading we're on thin ice if we start to blur. Uh, I agree. Verbal with with physical violence. I, I just don't I, think I agree. Do that. I think and, we're going and, down the wrong road. And I've been saying this for a long time, back to, you know, the, the whole fighting misinformation on social media and whatnot. It doesn't matter what I say. If if I tell you to go downtown and, and buy a, you know, a gallon of antifreeze and chug that whole bottle or that whole gallon jug of antifreeze and, and drink it, and then you are stupid enough to do it then the world is better off because we were down one stupid person. Now, I'm not going to tell people to do that because I don't want YouTube and Facebook to think I'm actually telling people to do that. I, I like to have the audience that I have. But how much of that's on me and how much of that's on the person that's dumb enough to do it? And, and anything that you hear, read, or, or see out there in any kind of media, um, electronic or, or other, it still is it goes back to personal responsibility, right? How, how do we hold people responsible for the actions of other people? How can we sue Remington outdoor company for somebody misusing their product and committing a crime with it? You know, how, how do we sue Ford motor company for somebody that got drunk and drove and, and hit a car with a family in it and killed six people. I mean, it's just that that's not, Ford Motor Company's responsibility, it's not their fault that the person didn't use it as directed. Same thing with, with you know, ibuprofen. Use it as directed, you'll be fine, but misuse it, and you can't blame whoever, Johnson & Johnson, whoever made that ibuprofen. So, no, I, I'm with you. I think that there needs to be a distinct difference between between verbal and physical, and I think that uh, that 
this country as a whole, mostly because lawyers get rich off of it and lawyers are good lobbyists. And a lot of lawyers are making laws now because they're in Congress. Um, so we see these warning labels. We see the this, uh, you know, well, you don't have to be responsible for yourself. Why why take personal responsibility when you can blame somebody else for your problems right. and, and pin it on them? So everything comes back to, I guess, that. every Everything that, that I think is wrong with <clears throat> this world today comes right back to lack of personal accountability yeah exactly i mean i can't, I can't think of an instance that doesn't right. so yep. so yeah i mean and, i, I being taught to not take responsibility they're being taught to live yes. as a victim and when yes. you when, when you when you create this victim mentality this stuff that we're talking about just keeps getting worse and worse and and when when you you know the difference between someone who plays plays their life role as a victim between and, and against somebody who who takes full responsibility for their actions. The person who takes responsibility ultimately becomes happy, successful, and often wealthy and, and just a great life. The person who plays a victim role is always suffering, angry, uh, sad. You know, you know, yeah. a, 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 a parasite on society, and it's just. It's never their fault. They never take responsibility. So when we create that, we, we're really creating dependency. And I think that might be part of the whole, the overall political um, goals here of some some you know political parties in, in question that want to create that dependent that victim mentality because those victims will need someone to take care of them. And I think ultimately that's yeah. part of the whole the whole plan well and, and if there weren't people who refused to live life as a victim i mean where would we be where would we be if ben carson had just decided to play the you know play the hand he was dealt as a victim instead of right. overcoming you know and making uh, becoming what he was the the first college graduate wasn't he from his family and and he's a literal brain surgeon i mean how many people are alive because ben carson didn't believe the crap that was fed to yeah. his peers at the time you know um well elon musk is an immigrant and i don't know his backstory but where would we be if elon musk had decided to just stay a victim the rest of his life and not come to the states or his family hadn't decided to come to the states right i mean you know so many examples of what you just said um so yeah okay so before we uh before we lose track of time here i'm going to shift gears a little bit because a couple of years ago when the uh the george floyd rallies were happening and and first of all i would just want to shout out my town because my town did it right there was zero violence zero looting zero bad things in in the protests that that we had in our town um the people that organized them did a great job uh not only organizing them but uh but keeping everybody in line and making sure that people stayed on the sidewalks not in the streets you know everything was perfect to the best of my knowledge i didn't hear about any violence but as i'm driving through um the the intersection and there were a couple different rallies that had happened throughout that summer uh one of them was it wasn't a, a black lives matter rally but it was the uh how do i say this the black lives apologists it was it was a rally for the white uh, of, of the white people for the black people i think to to literally apologize for their whiteness i'm not exactly sure 
what it was. I didn't even know it was happening until, you know, and I'm in a town of 25,000 people. So, you know, it, it takes me all of 10 minutes to get to work and 15 on a, you know, when I catch every red light. Uh, so I'm driving and I didn't even know this was happening. And then the light turns green and I turn the corner and, and away we go. And, but as I'm driving around the corner, you know, and, and, uh, I'm looking at these people holding up these signs and one of them says, white silence is violence. And, and I've never forgotten that. We haven't really talked about it a whole lot and I'm not going to make this about black or white. Um, but if we take that word off and we just say silence is violence and it doesn't matter who is being silent, I want to talk about that just a little bit because the way that I read that in, in my mind, and you guys are welcome, of course, to your own opinions. I see that as, as that sign is saying that I need to care about the things that the person holding that sign cares about. And if I don't care and I don't say anything, then I'm, I'm, a, I'm being aggressive. I'm, I'm aggressing them. And, and I don't know what micro aggressing is, but, but that's the way that I read that sign is if I'm not out there with them, then I must be against them. And I'm being violent by the very fact that I'm not marching or holding a sign. And so here's what I don't understand, because some of the same people that are saying that speech can be violent are also wanting to convince me that my silence can be violent. And I don't understand how those two things can both be true at the same time. If, if speech is violent, I mean, we've already established none of us believe that, but if, if there are people that believe that and then they can turn around and, and be and say that silence is violence, then is, is there such thing as nonviolence? Everything's violence at that point, right? So have you guys, have you guys been around that, been exposed to that at all? Had anybody ever told you, or you seen somebody that's saying that, you know, your silence equates to violence? Well, you certainly can't ignore, uh, you know, certain behaviors, especially if it's trying to invoke some type of reaction out of folks. But sure. as far as silence being violent, no, that's that's it's like two different two different elements. <laughs> We're talking right. about a physical element or an audible element or inaudible element and a physical element or some type of action mm-hmm. and two very different ball games here. Well, and, and, and I think that's ultimately what it comes down to is, again, that's the way that, that I read that sign that, you know, my my white butt driving by and not stopping and joining them is somehow adding to the violence in the country. And this was back in in whichever 2000, wasn't it, that the, the everything burned down? Um, so it was it was that summer. This was. um the the BLM thing had kind of blown over, but then apparently, like I said, we had a few guilty feeling white people in town that that wanted to to make sure that that the black folks understood that they weren't alone. Um, I have my own opinions. Tonight's not the time and the place. But again, if 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 people want to make you know make things about black and white, haven't we defeated the whole purpose of coming together? Now, I'm not colorblind. I love the fact that we have people that, that have different skin colors. I love the fact that God makes all of us different. Right. And, and I think we should be able to talk about how some, some people have really dark skin. Some people have almost pale white skin. Some people have red hair. Some people have no hair. 
it's all good, right? So I don't care about any of that. I'm just saying that if if we're only going to focus on physical traits, then we're never going to get to the point where, you know, we we all want to get to is that we're all people, right? So, uh, like I said, the 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 race thing is because it's never been a factor in my life. It's not it's not a factor in what I care about now either. Um, do I care about the people that have had to deal with crap because of it? Oh, hell yeah. Of course I care about that. Um, because it's, it's crap that that had to happen, but you know, I don't think it's as bad as some people want to make it out to be at least not in the part of the world where I live. Now, having said all that, let's go back to the silence being violence. Um, one of the points that, that I kind of want to make there is I, if, if we change that a little bit, I, I can see this one. I can understand if somebody said silence is complicity. Now that one, I, I can maybe stretch my head around a little bit. If, if you're not going to speak out against it, then you're saying you're okay with it. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but, but I mean, at least that's not violence. Um, being complicit is, you know, it's kind of like what Edmund Burke said, right? The only thing, uh, necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And so I, I understand that concept, but at the same time, here's where it gets a little fuzzy for me, because if I, if I don't speak out against injustices, what have you, then I'm, I'm complicit in that injustice. If that's the way you feel, that's the way you feel. I, I'm not there yet, but I can see where you could get there. But if that's the case and you expect me to care about things that I honestly don't care about, um, and it, when I say this, I'm not saying I don't care about the people that are facing it. I'm saying that, that this is a thing that doesn't really get on my radar in my normal day-to-day -day life, you know, as far as, as um, racial issues or LGBTQ issues, things like that. If, if you're going to tell me that because I'm not standing with you and marching that I'm against you, then, then we're going to have maybe a little bit of an argument there. Uh, there are things that I just don't care about. And... See. It, well, hold on here. If if I'm expected to care because me not caring about that makes me some sort of a bigot, then again, I can see where people can get there in, in their thought process. If that's the case, then do I not have the right to expect them to care about everything that I care about as well? And so the people that are calling me complicit in my silence that are not speaking out in favor of arming our citizens because we may face a, a tyrannical invasion one day, can I be upset with them and tell them that, that they are complicit in the the crime waves and, and the crap that's happening in, you know, these dangerous cities across America? Yeah. You know, the silence is violence is, is, is nonsense. What it really is, it's a, I think it's a tool to force compliance because when they huh? say that they're expecting you to get on board because there's a consequence if you don't. The consequence is either guilt or uh, fear of some sort, fear of, you know, non-complying, fear of, of, of shunning, punishment, whatever. They'll call you out. They'll do whatever. You're the bad guy if you don't get on board. So I, I would never, ever buy into that silence as compliance nonsense because all it is is a tool to get right. people who, who don't believe in that cause on board, or at least to pretend they believe, because otherwise, like, look at the way the left does it. They cancel everybody out if you don't, if you're not with them 100. 
So silence is compliance is really just another way of getting them to do what they, the, the group wants you to do. And right. I would never comply to any of that stuff. I think it's ridiculous. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Agorizer out there on the YouTube side required to care and say it not a world I want to live in. No, yeah, I, exactly. Right. It goes back to the, the being compelled to um, being compelled to use certain speech. Right. And, and becoming a crime like in Canada, you know, if you, if you misgender somebody or use the wrong pronouns, then you, you literally can be locked up for that because that is a, an offense, a, a crime. It's a, it's a crime, right? not just yeah. not just offensive. It's a literal offense on the books. Um, and so and the, the problem I have with that is there are people that I can't keep up with their pronouns because, you know, they say, well, it, it changes throughout the day. Well, could you maybe put like a neon sign above your head or something just with the, the correct pronoun at the time? So I know I think we should make them wear name tags with whatever it is. If you want to act like that and you want everyone to comply and and call you whatever your gender of the day is. I think you need to wear, you should be responsible to wear a name tag listing your gender like a little kid in kindergarten. Right. And, and for those that, that care, my name is John. I am a male because I was born with an X and a Y chromosome. <laughs> and uh, regardless of any other characteristics, that makes me male. And my pronouns are the, she, it. <laughs> when well, you say it fast enough, then you get it. Um, yeah, yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i i need that t-shirt um chad prather comedian satirist and and texas republican governor candidate um yeah side note uh he uh he got banned for seven days on facebook seven days before the the texas uh primary so really? he's he's fighting that and even his his uh what do I want to say? Not so much opponents, but some some of the other people on the Republican ticket have even offered their platforms for him to still speak. Um, he's on YouTube, but he's not on Facebook right now. And, and of course, it's the last week of campaigning before the primary. So they're trying to primary Greg Abbott and make him have a runoff uh, to get onto the, the general tickets, what they're trying to do. Uh, anyway, so so, yeah, if you're in Texas, then you probably know all about it. If, you, if you're in Texas and you don't, you've you got a couple of days to check it out. If you're not, then probably don't care i'm just a fan of the guy I, I watch his show all the time so met him quite a few times he's a great guy great and guy. i okay so i don't know i met chad once but uh but i'm friends with with party pal steve oh, okay and been to his house and hung out so that's cool uh he's a good guy too so all right so anyway um patrick or travis uh as far as silence being violence or silence being complicit any any thoughts besides what dan and i have already thrown out there no, I mean, I, I, you know, I agree, agree with what you guys have to say. It's, it's one of those things where you're compelled to have to react, even though you might not know how to react or what to say or where to even begin, because you don't know what you've been doing to fix the situation. So that's why, yeah, I mean, something like that, it, it kind of pushes you into like this guilt kind of mentality. And I don't know, it's just, yeah. I don't know if you guys hit, hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same with my opinion, too. I mean... It, it, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, uh, I'm not going to force you to think the way I think. Either you agree or you don't, and you keep it moving. Mm -hmm. How about maybe like a sign that says, you know, we need to be one people united. Then I'll come stand with you. Okay, I agree with you on that. You know, that, that's that's what we need to be thinking. You know, we're all together in this. You know? Well, and, and I've been saying for a long time now, I miss September 12th America. Mm -hmm. I just, that, mm -hmm. I mean, 
for the folks that aren't old enough to have have been aware of what was happening in 2001 then i mean it it, it sucks for them They're, they don't understand and of course now some of them are old enough to vote right but but they're those folks don't don't understand what this company this this country went through and the the solidarity that was just being shouted from every rooftop every mountaintop from sea to shining sea on the 12th of september 2001 i mean you could not find an american flag they sold out before the day was over on the 11th um, because there were so many people that wanted to show their patriotic pride and there wasn't it for for just a short time there weren't white people and black people there weren't um methodists and and catholics there were americans now the the muslim folks did get a bad rap in this country for for that time i i concede that yes but uh but for the most part uh we all put down our differences even the people of new york who would just as soon walk on each other's face as lift their eyes up and look at each other's face they even stood together as as one people and and we were all americans and i was proud to be an american i was incensed that we took a sucker punch like that but i was proud of the people who who stood together and told the rest of the world no okay you've got our attention now you you don't you don't want us riled up right I wish that, I mean, it's only been 20 years and, and we've lost track of that. We were a whole generation later now. And, and that generation didn't feel that those feelings that I had. Um, if you guys have ever had a chance to listen to Tony Simon talk about his block on, on uh, September 11th, the story is amazing. I, I keep saying, I'm going to go back and do it. And I haven't yet. The, he told that story on, on my podcast here a couple years back and i need to cut that portion out and just post it as a standalone video because just the people on his block the way that the the neighbors that everybody kind of knew who they were but they didn't they didn't all interact together they weren't friends on that block but that night they all came together and were there for one of their neighbors who they knew worked in in the tower and he they couldn't of course cell phones were down phone lines were down his kids couldn't get a hold of their dad, and um, so the whole neighborhood turned out to support them. And and I mean, when he came around the corner and started driving down the street, and everybody saw his car, they just swarmed him. In fact, it, it took him a while. Like the bodies had to be moved out of the road for him to open his car door, so that he could even get out the car and go in the house and tell his girls he was okay. So I mean, even that kind of story is just you know. And Tony had at that time. Uh, one of everybody on his block. It, it looked like a, a, you know, a magazine advertisement. Right now, there was there was every kind of face that you could think of was on his block. So it's so cool. I I wish that we could be back to that in this country. I wish that uh, that everybody would just turn off the news and and stop reading the memes on on social media about how terrible this country is and how divided this country is and realize that we're not and and even the people that are divided it, i don't think it would take a whole lot if, if they could just stop being you know this stuff that's being pumped into them all the time if, if we could cut that feed off even the people that are at each other's throats all the time i think that uh with just a little bit of time and and some some conversation 
I don't think they'd be at each other's throats near as much, if at all. So we're, we're not that far away from where we all wish we could be. Uh, it's not as bad as, as some people would, would want us to believe. Um, but the problem is that those people are very good at, at filling other people's heads full of ideas too. So, um, so, all right, we are, um, we're running up against the, just after, just after the top of the hour here. Um, so I think we're going to kind of wrap things up. I think I got through all of all the stuff that I really wanted to get through tonight. And we threw some other stuff in there too. So let's just go ahead and um, we're going to start wrapping things up. I can need a drink before I do this. So bear with me, everybody. So before we, uh, before we do our wrap up, I just want to bring this back onto the screen. Tonight's show is brought to you by decoding firearms an easy to read guide on general gun safety and use. Uh, Decoding Firearms is a comprehensive guide to aid new shooters and veterans alike to get up to speed on the safe use of guns. With over 115 illustrations, 266 pages of content, this book is very comprehensive. If you're interested in learning more about Decoding Firearms, you can visit johnpetrolino.com forward slash decoding dash firearms. Decoding Firearms is available for sale on Amazon as a paperback or a full color Kindle version. Be sure to pick up a few copies for your friends and family members that want to get into the shooting world. I've done that, and uh, I've only ever gotten good reviews back from anybody that I've ever shared that with. Uh, so really great uh, book. There are others out there that are that are probably equally good, but I know this one. I have this one, and, and John's a friend. So uh, thanks, John, for being one of our sponsors and, and helping us go live into uh, two Facebook pages and YouTube tonight. So all right, let's go through here. We'll give everybody a chance just to uh, kind of wrap things up here. So we'll go uh, counterclockwise like I always do. Travis, we'll start with you. Closing thoughts, and then where can people find what you have to say? Yeah, no, again, it's just been a great discussion this evening, and it really makes it really makes me think and hopefully makes other people think about kind of what we're doing, how we're raising our children, and and what's, what's it going to put us in 20 years? What kind of a situation are we going to have? Are we even going to be talking anymore? You know, are we going to be afraid to talk anymore? So, you know, uh, but otherwise, no, great discussion as usual. I appreciate the invite. And uh, again, just check out my YouTube channel, Travis P11. And I got a podcast I do on Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. called Caliber Corner. We talk guns and ammo and uh, hopefully we'll see everybody there. I am actually going to be at 7 a.m. this Saturday because I've got work <coughs> I'm going to do on Saturday. But again, we'll be an hour early, but it's typically Saturday mornings when you can find me. So thanks for the invite, man. I appreciate it. And that is Central Time, the only yes. time zone that matters. The the greatest time zone in the world. <laughs> Everybody should try it at least once. It's fantastic. So, yep, yep. Dan and Patrick wouldn't agree. Neither would Dan Patrick, So, but we don't ask him. Um, <laughs> all right. Thanks, Travis, for being here. And uh, uh, just being somebody that I can count on to, to always have good stuff to say and good questions to ask. So, all right. Dan, you're up next. Uh, closing thoughts. And then where can people find you? Well, I think it was a good conversation because, and really, ultimately, what I get out of the whole thing is what we should be treating. It really does come down to how parents raise their kids, you know, and, and to teach them to to treat people. It's the old saying, treat people the way you want to be treated, because however you treat other people is going to come back to you. It's, it's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. And we call the bad karma, but we call, you know, we don't really have a name for it. We, we treat people good, but we get that in returns. It's just a, it's just a good habit. Unfortunately, a lot of people aren't raising their kids that way. 
um, that we should get back to that. That's that's going to fix everything. I think the way kids are are raised is going to fix a lot of the problems we have in this world. Um, so we do the best you can with your kids and you hope that they do a little better than you. And that's that's what my wife and I have done. Uh, hope We hope we've done. Um, so great conversation. Thank you, guys. And um, you can find me at goodgunbadguy.com, uh, goodgunbadguy.com or goodgunbadguy.net. Uh, also, my web show is called The Loaded Mic. It's loadedmic.com, M-I-C, like microphone, mic, loadedmic.com. And um, that's it. Thanks. Thanks, fellas. It was a, a good good conversation. Yeah, thanks for being here, Dan. All right. Uh, Patrick, we'll move over to you. Closing thoughts and where can people find you? Well, I mean, you know what folks really need to realize is that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. I mean, that's a principle of physics that can be applied to words. It could be applied to firearms. It could be applied to really any aspect of life. And, and uh, it, it's it, it's just forgotten about nowadays. People like to forget things. People like to shun things or just uh, block and report or whatever it is. And sometimes people like to tweet about things too, right? Um, but that's unfortunately, that's what the world is coming to nowadays is an uncontrollable smorgasbord of what everybody wants in this fake world versus reality. You know, there are certain actions that you cannot take back and certain words that you probably shouldn't say, but uh, either way, there's going to be a reaction to whatever you do. And hopefully it's not an emotional or physical reaction. Um, but that's what I got to say about that. Uh, other than that, um, for folks that are looking for me or looking for my business, thegunfood.com has your ammo needs. We are basically here to fill your plate and your magazines with uh, your ammo needs and everything that's listed is in stock, ready to go. Very, very cool. All right, Patrick, thanks for being here. And uh, we don't have a list tonight because my producer is also under the weather. She's got a bug too. And uh, she's she she's just more susceptible to bugs. Her immune system's less than a year old. Uh, for those of you that don't know, so if if you do pray, we would appreciate prayers that she just gets over it quick and uh, doesn't uh, doesn't hang on for very long. She she kicked uh, super SARS in the butt here a few weeks back, so pretty sure that uh, that just a flu bug she can she can handle pretty easy uh, at this point. But uh, anyway, we've got uh, we've got a dance coming up this weekend, and so. She wants to be feeling uh, back to 100% or close to it by Saturday. So, uh, so hopefully, she's there where she needs to be. And and uh, for for the client's sake, they'll they'll get a lot better service if she's there with me than than if it's just me by myself. So we'd appreciate any prayers. So I don't have a list, but those of you that are out there in the live chat, thanks for the comments. Uh, I don't think I saw anybody on the Facebook side making the comments if i missed you on facebook i'm sorry that i did that uh and so i'm not going to go through and read all these names off on the on the youtube side but we do appreciate all of you joining us and uh all those comments keeping it uh lively out there and those of you with the blue wrenches i appreciate you keeping the bots out of there especially that guy with the very offensive name uh his name wasn't violent but it, it was offensive excuse me and so uh so I'm glad that he got kicked out of the chat. Uh, I don't know if that was a bot or if that was a real person, but they're gone now. So anyway, uh, so yeah, what I uh, what I've noticed is, you know, going back to what uh, 
what Dan said and, and Travis and Patrick too, uh, you know, we've kind of gotten away from the golden rule. I think a little bit here, at least in, in our society here in the States, uh, you know, and, and we've kind of turned the golden rule into he who has the gold makes the rules, which is not the way that that's supposed to be. Obviously do unto others as you would have them do unto you is, is the actual golden rule. But, uh, but yeah, now it seems like the, the people with the gold get to make the rules and, and that's not right. Uh, but again, we can, we can get where we want to go. We all just have to, uh, you know, we, we all have to work together and, and pull in the same direction. And that's ultimately what they're afraid of. The, the ones that are trying to drive that wedge, they, they can't afford for us to all pull in the same direction because we might, uh, we might realize that we've got more in common than, than we have in different. And, uh, uh, then they're in trouble because, you know, if, if, if these ants ever figured out there's more of them than there are of us, our way of life's over. Right. So it's kind of like that. Um, Go look at the, my Facebook page, Sandhills Media on Facebook. Find my meme from a couple days ago where I put the grasshopper up and put Trudeau's name across him. Made a fun, I, I thought it was a classic meme. We'll see if people share it. But uh, anyway, thanks, everybody, for being here. On behalf of uh, Travis and Defense Dad, who's not here, Sandhills Sweetheart,